0: Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur podcast, a show for property investors and developers who want to build and grow their own profitable businesses. I'm sharing with you my decades of property experience and interviewing many other successful property people who are happy to share their varied and priceless knowledge freely. Business doesn't need to be hard and nor do you need to be lucky. But as a certified strategist, I know you need a plan to work to. And a good start is by listening to other people's successes and failures. Why reinvent the wheel? This allows us to have a more in-depth knowledge of the wider property world. Welcome to this week's episode of The Property Solopreneur. And I thought I might just remind everyone that just because you work on your own and you have outsourced for help, doesn't mean to say you've got to think small. You can do amazing things on your own. And I'm talking about property developing today in its many disguises. And that is one area that entrepreneurs really do excel in because quite often it's you, your computer and your desk before you start to do anything else. Property is a very wide church. I don't think we all think in the same way. We don't want to do property in the same way, although sometimes it's difficult to remember that. And whatever it is you do in property and however you're funded, it's got to really sit comfortably with you and your values. Not everybody wants to hold assets. Now, I know that holding assets is the right way to make sure that you have long-term wealth, but it may not be long-term wealth you're after at the moment. You might be after a bit of short-term wealth. And that's where developing in its many departments really can help. It might be that actually developing is something that resonates with you because There's quite a lot involved before you even start to get to the property part of it. And many people I've spoken to, and I'm recording several episodes with different types of developers at the moment, they really love the intellectual challenge and the bits they've got to get right before they even start. And to a certain degree, the fights that often go on with development before you can get them off the ground. That to them is all part and parcel of the fun and it all helps them get to where they want to be. I don't think that... Everyone has to have a background in having worked in buy-to-lets or any other kind of property before they start. You'll hear from one of my interviewers who has only just got around to doing the whole buy-to-let bit 20-odd years down the line because it's the building out and the finding the, the opportunity to get some planning is what they really, really enjoy. For those who are just thinking, yes, but Rachel, I want to build a portfolio. So I'm going to go and buy, buy to let, do them up and pop them into my portfolio. Selling a few along the way to make sure that my gearing is not too high. Well, that works just as well if you are building out of the ground. Think of all those companies that are building to rent, building to sell. Quite often, people who build to sell will keep the odd one or two because it makes perfect financial sense for them. So if that's what's stopping you from going into development because you want to make a, a portfolio, have another think about how you're actually going to do and build that portfolio. Now, I have to say I am no expert about this. I've got several successful developments under my belt. I've built flats, I've built houses, as I say, some new builds, I've done planning gain. But this isn't what I do every day. Yes, the planning is what I do every day, but actually building out from scratch is not something that I would naturally do above all else. So I've talked specialists, but what I am every day is a parish councillor, which is the lowest part of the planning process. It's, you, know, you will either be a parish councillor or a town councillor for the towns. We do the same thing. We're sorting out and going through all the applications for our area month by month. And we have to actually state what we like about them, whether we are for it, whether we're supporting it, we're rejecting it, asking for changes. And sometimes when an application goes through, which we're dead against or the bulk of our area is against, we may go to appeal and get the decision reversed. I've had some success in that. So as you can imagine, I am possibly thought of as a poacher turned gamekeeper or whichever way around it works. But it does help, I think, from my point of view as a property developer to understand that the process is there and not to be afraid of it. You may think as a property person that you have found the ideal site for whatever it is you think you'd like to build. And you've put all the time and the effort into drawing up a scheme and it's got all the government ticks and targets and all the rest of it. But you've got to remember that that thing that you want to build, it's in somebody else's backyard. And because we all live in a democracy, that local area has a right to have the views and to reject or support whatever it is. And there will be a local plan. And that is your first point of call. Make sure you've understood where it is you want to work and what they want to do. And if we can see as a parish or a town councillor that this is going to damage us in some way locally, or there's a very valid planning reason, then we will refuse it. It may amaze you, or perhaps it won't actually, that some people will spend a lot of money and time on getting a scheme put into an application form without ever really working out whether or not it's going to work locally. And they antagonise everybody. We are a very small island but not every plot of land is the same. You know, inner city building ratios work work in a village and likewise, you know, if city builders built our village houses in the same way, everyone would go out of business. And so therefore, if you want to be successful, it's up to you to know before you even put your application in, does it fit the local scheme? Will it look good on the ground? And if you start small, you'll get used to doing that. Very quickly, because go to any planning meet and you will hear about planning gain, and that's possibly, I think, the lowest rung of development. But but just because it's the lowest rung doesn't mean to say it's not the most profitable, and it isn't the one that you've really got to understand. It is because it's the basis of everything. Clues in the name, I suppose. It's a potential uplift of value and profit through the use of planning. I love it. It's really really lucrative. It's relatively fast as well. You. Most people know that I spent 5000 on getting planning gain on a listed property that I had. On getting that planning gain, it had uplifted my building by £100,000 worth of value. So I could sell it for whatever I wanted. And that increase in value wasn't dependent on me having done any work on the building. All I did was to get it cleaned. I got it painted, re-carpeted and staged. And then I sold it with the planning. Thank you very much as far as I was concerned. I had done the minimum amount of effort for the maximum amount of profit, which I think is a really helpful reminder of what we're all supposed to be doing. Now, I had the planning. I could have done the work. I still get told by people that the planning was very simple. I could have built it out. It would have been very lucrative and all that sort of thing. But they weren't the ones who were doing the work and they weren't the ones in charge of the costing. So, they don't really know that. I know, because I did the sums, that had I done it, it would have been cost-neutral. The cost of the works wouldn't have added, at the end of it, any value to it at all. It would have been almost me giving it away for free because I I would have had costs. It was definitely a piece of planning that had gone in so that a forever property home buyer would have got looked at it and gone, that's where I want to live for the next 40 years. They would have bought it, done it up, and it would have increased in value over the years for them. But as a property developer who wants to make money... That just was a no-brainer. I shouldn't do it, and I didn't. As a property investor, it was my duty when doing planning to make sure that I exited when my profit was maximized. And for me at that point, it was just to get the planning game. But this is the great thing about it, is that once you understand your planning rules and the type of property you work with, you can do this again and again and again. This is cookie-cutter stuff, and we all like a cookie-cutter. And the great thing about doing planning is that Yes, you're doing the same things with planning time and time again, but the buildings will all change. The plots will all change. The people will all change. So it's lovely and fresh every time you have a new project. I know lots of people, for instance, who are doing this time and time again with other people. They never own the land. They never own the buildings. They're doing assisted sales, but they've got the knowledge. Um, they've got very profitable sidelines in assisted sales. That's very possible. It's a great sideline. But of course, some people just got the itch to do something a little bit more and actually, do you know, building out of the ground, it is satisfying. There is something about seeing something you've built and created, going from muddy mud up to a lovely building that someone can move into. But it's not necessarily more profitable. There's more risk. Funding more, maybe more complicated. It all depends on what you do. But you've got to remember, this is not by with bells and whistles. This is a whole different genre. It's a different language to speak. Even if you've done lots of stuff before, you've got to learn to speak developer and to think like them as well, to understand the nooks and the crannies that you could fall down in and lose money through. Get yourself on a course. Go and see a development in action. Educate yourself before you start doing something or buying something or locking yourself into a project. The first thing that amazed me when I did my first development was that everything, and I really do mean everything, had to be planned and decided before a spade even went into the ground. And having got to that point, there had been so many other things that I'd had to remember. Things that you just take for granted because you don't see them. What happens under the soil? All that drainage, all that stuff that happens underneath the soil and the grass grows on top. That all had to be thought of, all had to be planned, and all had to be paid for before we even got going. For instance, if you're wondering what sort of thing could be involved in that, Locally here, where we build on clay here, and that retains the water. And there's a new build of ten houses near me that have had to build some ponds to create the runoff, so that when it rains, and my word, as it rained recently, the water has come off the roofs in torrents and has been channeled into these ponds. Now the ponds are dry in the summer, are like great dust bowls but in the winter they hold the water so that it can go into the becks and the small river downstream easily and without flooding out the village down the hill. All these things have had to be paid for by the developer. And in fact, it was what held him up because the system that he had thought of at first wasn't actually man enough for the job. And he had to get a proper engineer to actually sort it all out. So it takes time to sometimes get to even the first hole in the ground for a house to be built. And that means that as a property developer, you've got to have good funding in place and you've got to have really good grasp of cash flow. Climate change is something that affects this part of building and property more than just, say, doing a bit of refurbishment. Why? Because there are so many more rules and regulations and there's so much more to actually have to do. And it's not just about recycling grey water or having a bit of turf on your roof or having a zero-rated house. It's um, affecting so much more. Animals, really, really important. Animals, whilst we're talking about them, you know, newts, educate yourself on good newts and bad newts. Birds bats. All of this can really cost you dearly if you get it wrong. The fines can be enormous. And in fact, bats held up my last project for 18 months. 18 months delay. That is longer than some people have out on bridging if they are doing a small bite to let. And don't think, well, I'll take a punt on it because I'm sure there aren't any bats, there aren't any birds, or there aren't any newts. Trust me, the ecologists know exactly what they're looking for. And when they come on site and they find it, you will be held up. There's no way around it. There are so many rules in place. Now anyone can work in development. I think we should all be past the concept of, you know, Bob the Builder looking a certain way and that you've got to be a certain build or or mindset. There are lots and lots of really successful women developers out there. I'm going to be talking to some in the future weeks. And everyone I have spoken to have said it boils down to this. It's about having a plan, then having the funding and having the guts to get on and do it. Because when you're building out of the ground, you can't hide. You can't pretend you haven't got going or it's stuck because everyone can see it. And trust me, if you are building a site, everyone locally will stop and have a look or discuss it. I, I'm I'm three miles from my nearest site at the moment and everyone talks to me about it. They've all seen it. They all know what's happening in the trees. They know what, everything. It's extraordinary. It becomes public knowledge. And the other thing is that, investors, they'll still be out there for those of you who want to build because not everybody wants to just invest in normal, straightforward property stuff. There are those who really love investing in new builds, in advanced, exciting new methods of building. They're all out there. And so it's up to you as a developer just to go and find them. Now, I work with property people who want to scale and grow. And growing can sometimes mean doing something a little different. You might want to suddenly go and do some planning gain or a small development, whatever it is. Or you might want to take your small plots and turn them into big ones, multiply everything out. Scaling is all about understanding where you're coming from, understanding a plan, and then making sure that you've got everything in place to be able to do it. It's about working strategically, something working on your business, no matter what size it is, and understand where you're going and what you need people to do and your business to deliver. And if you are working on a small scale, you can't just go, I'll put a naught on the end and it'll work. Because with every part of your business growing, you will need more help, more people doing different things. You can still be a solopreneur, but you've got to make sure that you have those people outsourced, ready to do all the stuff that you just don't have the time to do. Three strategy sessions, one-on-one mentoring and accountability sessions. It is actually really, really possible to achieve so much more than you thought. I can't tell you the number of times people, when I ask them, what have you done over the last two weeks, will go, well, not a lot. And I might mention something I've seen on their Instagram. They go, oh yeah, I did that. Oh, and this and that. And suddenly you realise that actually they've achieved a huge amount in the last two weeks and that's what it's all about. But anyway, if you want to know more about that, go to my show notes or send an email to I Don't forget, I spell my name, A-E-L. Or go to my website and book a call with me and let's get talking about how I can help you. But if you've never thought of development rather than just straightforward renovation, then I suggest you start with becoming acquainted with permitted development rights. Just, you know, easing the envelope a little bit on what you're used to. Then extensions, have a look at that. Garden splits with title splits and planning gain. You can make a lot of money out of that. Or just follow your gut. Go into full developing and the whole shebang. Don't be frightened. That's what you want to do. Go for it. Everyone will be cheering, honestly. There's no one to tell you you can't just because you're a solopreneur. If that's what you want to do, you go and do it. Just get yourself fully informed and then armed with the relevant skills and the relevant mindset. And then off you go. Go developing. Thank you for listening to The Property Solopreneur with me, Rachel Troughton. If you've enjoyed this episode, do hit subscribe and kindly leave a review and share this podcast with anyone you think it would help on their property journey. If you'd like to get hold of my guide for building a successful property business, go to racheltroughton.com forward slash checklist. We only live one life. So let's get your dream a reality through building a profitable property business.